Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day back at it on Channel Q. I have a special announcement to make. Okay. It is someone's birthday. It's my grandmother's oh, 85th was like, was birthday. Something? No way. Yeah. Happy birthday, Granny. I, Slay God. Well, okay. That's a name Granny choice. God. Um, but she, uh, I called her this morning, right? And I was like, happy, happy, happy birthday, Grandma. And she says, so did you send me $100? I'm like, uh, um, what? I just had a pause. I'm like, what do you mean $100? Like, where did that come from? What do you need $100 for, Grandma? You're 85. And she's like, oh, no, I'm just joking. But if you want to, you can send me some money. I'm like, okay, so, I mean, my grandmother has given me tons of money in the past. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like she deserves it. That was it. more like a hint, hint. Yeah. And so I, did, I didn't send $100 because I'm like, what do you need $100 for? But I did send some Wait. money. Who knows? Maybe she wants to buy herself a nice. My gift. mom's there. She maybe can do that. I don't. Maybe there's something that she doesn't want to tell her mom, uh, your mom about. You know, it's interesting because I think as you get older, mm-hmm. it's almost like you revert back to being a kid where you're like doing things like you. you That's right? true. That's true. But she was just like, "No, I don't need it. I'm, I'm just playing with you." But it was just so funny because it came out of left field, and I'm just like, "Okay, so what are you going to do?" She was like, "I'm going to go eat some good food. Okay. You know, I got some errands to run with your mom and." And, you know, she did ask me to come for Christmas. Oh, she's already guilting you. Yeah, she wants me to come for Christmas. So. Well, yeah, you should because you're not going there for Thanksgiving. Yeah, my mom's coming out here, though. Yeah, but there's something different about going there and then seeing. It is important as you get older to see your grandparents also. I know, and I want to come out to my grandmother. <gasps> oh, my God, I just got chills. <laughs> For real? Yeah, I mean, I think you were debating about that. I, I was, know. but I, I, I'm going. I'm probably going to do it for sure. Good for you. Well, it's not that I don't think. I'm, I think for me, because I've come, I'm out. I'm living I like know. it's not that big of a deal to me. But still, there's so many people we know uh, that just waited till their grandparents passed, and they're like, let them just imagine yeah. my me with someone else. True. I just, you know, I, I just honestly want my grandmother to understand and know me fully. Yes, you know? and um, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And so I'll keep you updated because yes. my life is content, clearly. Obviously. I was going to say, do you want to make a, a video out of it? No. no. Oh, my God, no. But like capturing, like you'd be one of those people capturing it, having like the uh, hidden camera. I'm not Colton Underwood, trust me. <laughs> I, I don't need to show my coming out experience. All right. So we've got lots coming up on the show today. More on the second person cured from HIV and how it could have happened at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. Britney Spears also speaks out on camera for the first time since her conservatorship ended. That's in the T-Report in a moment. And she made a special announcement about in, in that as well. 
Oh. I watched it. What? Oh, okay. It was in the caption. Oh, yes, I saw that. Oh, my okay. God. I was a bit slow to that. <laughs> okay. Let's get into so much trending this hour. The Build Back Better Act would let same-sex couples file an amended tax return for years they were legally married from before 2010. This could apply to you. For some, that might be as early as 2004. The IRS guidance after a Supreme Court ruling in the U.S. versus Windsor only allowed for this amended return back to 2010. Not all couples would necessarily get a tax benefit from filing new returns due to largely uh, largely to the mar- marriage penalty. But yeah, if you have been married and you haven't been able to get this money, you now can. So that's really Is it exciting. like a marriage tax that they give to married people in general? Just like This is something that, yeah, normally if you are straight, you would be able to get. Oh, so there are perks to being legally married. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's always the aftermath of like the divorce. It always is yeah. expensive. It's like, it's not yeah, worth it, totally. which is why I've always been like, I don't know if I need to legally get married to someone. That is true. Just have a ceremony and call it yeah, a day. Yeah, have a partnership ceremony. Yeah. But there are legal reasons why it, it does save you money. You actually get better um, deals from like even car insurance and everything. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm looking for a man no. to get a discount. I'll marry for a discount. <laughs> Um, okay, and finally, a jury deliberated for a second day on uh, Wednesday today in Kyle Rittenhouse's homicide trial for the fatal shooting of two people and wounding of another during last year's unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The 12-person jury, made up of five men and seven women, deliberated on five felony charges for about eight and a half hours today and still no decision. We'll keep you updated on that. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Miss Britney Spears has finally spoken out and she She's letting everyone know what she's been thinking. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, we have not seen our, we've seen her, but we haven't seen her talk in one of her, in a video that she, you know, on Instagram or anything. But this is the first time. She has thanked, of course, the hashtag Free Britney movement for saving my life, is what she said in an emotional Instagram video uh, that she uploaded on Tuesday night. And, of course, she announced that an interview with Oprah's coming. Yes, we knew it was going to happen. Yes, we did know. I, I wonder if if it's even been signed off on. I feel like she's just like trying to get Oprah's attention, but I feel like Oprah's on this. Like Oprah oh, yeah. has been slaying interviews this year alone. Mm-hmm. So I know she's gotten it, but here's a little bit of the clip of Britney Spears talking to fans and kind of just answering a question uh, that everyone's been wondering, like how she's been after the end of her 13-year conservatorship. Let's see, I've been in the conservatorship for 13 years. It's a really long time to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Um, So I'm just grateful, honestly, for each day and being able to have um, the keys to my car and being able to be independent and feel like a woman and um, owning an ATM card, seeing cash for the first time, being able to buy candles. It's the little things for us women, but it makes a huge difference. And um, I'm grateful for that, you know? It's nice. It's really nice. Um, but um, I'm not here to be a victim. Um, I lived with victims my whole life as a child. That's why I got out of my house and I worked for 20 years and worked my ass off. I'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses. 
Which I love that she automatically kind of called that out, just being like, I know I'm a a high profile person who has this happen to me. Yeah. And the fact that I want to speak out for everyone else, it's just like, she sounds lucid. She sounds just. She sounds really, for the first time, super grounded. And you could hear her voice. It wasn't that high pitched voice, it was just, it was lower. This and, is a woman who is yeah. coming to her own and uh-huh. owning her life again. And I am so happy for her. I know she's ready to tell her story with Oprah. And I know Oprah is the... Honestly, this is going to be probably the most watched interview in all of the for world. Real. If you really think about it. Because everyone has been tuned in on this. And uh-huh. so... I can't wait for that to happen. I got more T-Report coming up next hour, so don't y'all go anywhere. Well, next up, we've got updates on the QAnon shaman. You know, he was the one of the people at the January 6th insurrection. Well, he has just been sentenced, and we'll tell you how long he'll be in prison and if this will impact others who are there, too. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So you remember the QAnon shaman, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who had the, the fur helmet with horns. He stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Well, the one who also requested vegetarian food yes, in prison. exactly. Well, he was sentenced to 41 months behind bars today for his involvement in the attack. And joining us to give us more details on all this is Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Thanks for joining us for this again today. Oh, it's good to be with you both, Sharon. Ryan, how are you? You know, we're good. Uh, This is uh, an interesting turn of events because it seems like a lot of those who were involved haven't really been sentenced. No, and I mean, I think this is just a longer, arduous process, right? It's going to take some time to get through all of these individuals. More than two or, I think think the number, uh, don't quote me on it, but it's at least two or 200 or so have been arrested. I'm going to take a minute to get through all of these various, um, these cases this individual, what makes this case, what makes this case so interesting is mm-hmm. that there was the same judge had another individual in front of his, case, his court yesterday. This individual punched a police officer in the face as part of the Capitol insurrection, uh, and he, was, he received the same sentence hmm. as the, the QAnon shaman who was not tried with assaulting a police officer. Interesting. Well, huh. my thing is, he's only he's only was sentenced what forty one months. Um, forty one months, and of that, he'll probably serve thirty one of them because he's getting ten months for time served. Wow, which also feels like a small amount of time for someone who, you know, basically was a part of an insurrection. <laughs> it, it, it seems wild. Why did they settle on that? Do we know? Um, this is the. I mean, this is close. This is. I mean, this is. What we would argue, what the the prosecutors would argue is a decent sentence um, for the fact that, you know, based on what they're trying to charge and what they're able to charge, this is pretty high up. This is right sort of in the middle of the sentencing guidelines. Okay, interesting. And and the fact that someone who actually hurt and and physically hurt a police officer is getting the same amount of time is somewhat also ridiculous well i think what the i mean i'm assuming what this judge is trying to do here is to sort of have a blanket and i'm not defending it or not defending it i'm just trying to sort of making pulling on some strings here it seems that this judge is trying to have a sort of across the board sentencing guideline for themselves that if you were one of those individuals that invade the capitol and you're found guilty on that you'll serve at least this amount of time Mm. if you come in front of my court Okay. which will be 41 months or more. 
Okay, that makes sense. How do you think this uh, sentencing is going to impact how we move forward with all of these individuals and how we look back at the insurrection overall? Well, I I think where we should focus our attention um, when it comes to the Capitol insurrection is on the January 6th committee Hmm. um, in, in the House of Representatives led by Congressman Benny Thompson out of Mississippi and co-chaired by Liz Cheney, the congresswoman out of uh, Wyoming, um, because that's where we get where we, we're going to see an actual sort of very similar to the 9-11 report come out. What happened, how it happened, who were the players and what implications does it have for the government, both on January 6th and moving forward? So what you're going to see in these individual cases is many of these insurrections insurrection is be prosecuted. What you'll get from the January 6th committee is a more of a storyline of what happened, how it happened, and what we as a country can do to make sure it never happens again. Okay, well, thank you so much, Richard Fowler, for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're both welcome. Have a great day. You too. Again, Richard is a Fox News contributor. You can check him out there or on social media at Richard A. Fowler. But next up, the Republican who posted that violent video to social media of AOC is getting censored. What that means moving forward next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The House voted to censor Representative Paul Gossar today. You might know him. He's a Republican in Arizona. He also tweeted this anime video that depicted him killing Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. And swinging swords at President Biden. For Awful. S- for some reason, thought this was totally okay. Awful. Okay. So they voted to censor him. They're going to throw him off committees. But here's what he had to say. By the way, he refused to apologize and compared himself to Alexander Hamilton. No matter how much the left tries to quiet me, I will continue to speak out against amnesty for illegal aliens, defend the rule of law, and advance the American first agenda. If I must join Alexander... Gentlemen, recognize 30 seconds. If I must join Alexander Hamilton, the first person attempted to be censored by this House, so be it. Um, in another clip that I saw of his, he actually um, was saying he blamed it. Uh, well, he said it was no big deal. And he said that the young it was him, his social media team, his office basically trying to relate to young people who love anime, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. Why are we making such a big deal of it? And now this disgusting. And does anybody really want to yeah. be Alexander Hamilton? He owns slaves. Maybe he thinks because the Hamilton, the musical. Or Which something like that. Exactly. He also owns. <laughs> All the founding fathers. Exactly. Did. <laughs> so yeah, here's the thing. It's like, okay, you obviously have no sense of why you're being censored, why this was wrong, n- taking no accountability. I don't care who posted it. You could have easily just said, okay, that was inappropriate. I don't know what I was thinking. Even though that would still be wrong. But like to yeah. not even understand why it's wrong is one very worrisome. Like it's almost sociopathic. Well, my thing is, I don't even think he needs to understand why it was wrong. I just think they need to implement an HR uh, office yeah, HR, at the, right? on the Capitol Hill. Because clearly there's all these things where I feel like lines continue to be crossed in so many ways. And who is handling it? Who is saying, no, you cannot do this. No, you cannot threaten the president. I mean, I feel like Kathy 
Griffin is someone who we saw did what she did and the whole world basically turned on her in that moment of that video with Donald Trump. And he's doing the similar same thing and no one's saying anything. Well, the difference in is he's at the highest level of our exactly. government, like representing the which, nation and people. So, yeah, if we wouldn't tolerate would make, this... Which it would make sense for him to get in even more yeah. trouble and, and have to, like, lose his office, his position in office. Well, they aren't kicking him out, but still, this idea, I agree, there needs to be some sort of standards here or agreement. I don't care who votes you in, how many people vote you in, that does not give you permission to do things that are completely inappropriate yeah. and harassment. Well, I just don't, I, and I'm going to continue to go back to this, I don't understand how the highest office in the country doesn't have an HR department. Like, that is just wild to me. There's no one that can handle this. No, There's no one that is looking at this. People, yes, we are. We, the American people, elect these folks in office, but there has to be standards. There has to be rules. And at one time, it felt like there was before Donald Trump was in office. But now that the whole Republican Party is following his lead in some way or another, we're seeing that there are no rules. Any line can be crossed, and it's unfortunate. And what's the blowback on this? I don't know. Maybe another example of January 6th? Well, exactly. You're wondering how or why it happened, and then you're seeing representatives do things like this and, like, why people don't take it seriously, right? Like, how are we supposed to make sure this doesn't happen again if even people like him think that this is okay? And him is uh, Representative Representative Paul Paul, Gassar with this violent anime video. I, I don't know why we keep lowering our expectations for the people who have the highest power. It's It's sad. And... There should be no way or rhyme or reason in any sort of world that this is okay. Yeah, and also like, I I mean I don't watch anime like that. I I don't, but I also know that even if someone saw this anime, they would know that it was inappropriate. I mean, killing, it's porn it anime. Even, I don't care what kind of anime. It, it wasn't you're using. even AOC. It was. It was also like. Joe Biden was in that video where he was like the person in it was like slicing heads off. It was like very graphic and and just honestly unnecessary. And what you can write as many, you know, statements as possible to try to justify this. But it's just like you're once again, like asking for people to cause harm to the folks in our office who serve this country. Yes. And the thing is now with his statement, my worry is this continues to bring that out like it continues to show oh they're just like against me and they are against they want to censor me and you're like no that's not what it's about yeah it's not about censorship it's about saying that you don't have you have a right to do whatever you want but it's not the right thing you should be doing my thing is i yes i i mean freedom of speech that's what the democracy in this country is built on but also like if you are trying to be in a position of power you're representing your constituents. There's a way that you should have to, like, have to act, no matter what it is. Like, you have to handle things. You have to uphold a certain standard. Yeah. The reason why you wanted that position is to ho- uphold that standard. But it feels like because of politics and the state of politics and where we're at right now, everything has been just thrown to yeah. the wayside. And it's like, are we ever going to be able to get back to what what it was at one point. I don't know. And I don't even really know what it was yeah, at one point. Was no. it always just leading to this? Maybe. I, I think there was a lot of craziness, but we're now, it's more, for some reason, we're more open to seeing it maybe because of social media and all that. And it like opened the whole Pandora's box. The idea is freedom of speech does not excuse hate and violence. 
like we need to separate those two things. Next up on the show, we're moving on from this topic, which gets us very heated and angry. Uh, L.A. Staples Center is being renamed, and this is actually making people not happy at all. We'll tell you what the name is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, this news was very surprising that came out today. The Staples Center. Last night. Oh. It came out in the depths so, of the night. I, well, normal people who saw it today. Like when Beyonce like re- decides to upload a video at like, I don't know, like 11 p.m. at night. Well, this makes sense because it's, um, wild. It was, it's always been called Staples Center for a long time. At the least. legendary Staples Center. Yes. It was completed in 1999. Well, it will be renamed... Crypto.com Arena. It was a $700 million deal with a Singaporean blockchain platform, which is no surprise that it closed or, you know, they're working there on that their time, right? So I'm sure, like, they approved the news and somehow had got, had it ready to be released um, when it's still, it's daytime in Singapore, but it's obviously nighttime here or, like, we're all sleeping. But this has sent shockwaves through social media, because now we need to call the Staples Center Crypto.com Arena. Okay, here's the thing. I know your nerdy self is loving the Crypto.com thing. I, I just know you I saw it was just that. like, oh my God, I need to go blog on a Crypto.com you know, I, I thought it was pretty, it's it's smart. It also it shows where, where we're heading, to be honest. It's smart, but it sucks because ain't nobody going to call the Staples, uh, the Staples Center anything other than the Staples Center. It's just known for that. Um, I know, like, um, you know, obviously uh, Vanessa Bryant has something to say about it, who, of course, is Kobe Bryant's, um, you know, wife. She's the widow. And she reacted to the news by writing on Instagram that the building will forever be known as the house that Kobe built. And this just feels like weird. Like the Staples Center, like Crypto.com Arena. Who's going to say that? <laughs> Thing is, this happens every so often, every decade or two decades. Like stadiums do change names because a sponsor will come on board. They'll yeah. pay for it. That's what they do. And it is always weird for something to go from 
the, I don't know, city center to then, uh, I don't know, Walmart center. It always seems weird. Yeah. And then you just get used to it, and then it's almost like it's normal again. No, but this, it just feels different because one, it's Los Angeles. Two, it's an iconic, like, legendary thing. And it just feels like, yes... I get it. These things happen all the time. But it's like, why not just ask for the teams that play there for it to be like, you just change it on the jerseys, which I think they actually are doing. Yeah. But just do that instead of like naming the whole building. Well, guess what? I like knowing that the Staples Center was also a place that would remind me to go get, uh, I don't know, (laughs) scissors and a permanent marker. Staples obviously didn't want to put up that money. $700 million, I think, is the biggest um, is the biggest deal that has ever happened when it comes to something like this. But these folks, I mean, I, I wonder how long this will last because uh, this does really show where we're at. We will always know that like history was made when a crypto company took over a stadium. Yeah, but it's is finally that, here. Are people actually going to log on to crypto.com? It's it's the beginning of I I I do think we're seeing a shift right now. It's not going to happen until after we're dead. People are people. Everybody is not going to just transition over to crypto. It's Some just places not going like to El Salvador, all they do is use crypto to buy things. That's El Salvador. It ain't but the I'm United saying, States of like, America. But I'm saying we're seeing it in other places, and there are cities actually that have started using it as their standard. There's one of the mayors, mayor, uh, the mayor in New York, and I think Miami. There were different mayors that said that they would take their um, salary in crypto. I'm telling. We're seeing this happen. It's not. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But this it, is really interesting. Just I. I'm never calling it the crypto.com arena. Crypto, never crypto arena. No. Well, whoever had shares in crypto.com or mm. bought that crypto capitalism well. wins again. Yeah, Matt Damon is an investor. Of course he is. <laughs> All right. Let's Actually, be- I just saw. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, he was in a. Um, he was in a commercial. Mm. Yeah. Recently, I saw it. So listen, let us know what you think about this change at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. would love to know your thoughts. But next up, This Mom Served the Internet, a master class on how to respond to your child coming out as trans. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. But right now we've got more show. Spider-Man's Tom Holland opens up about keeping his relationship with Zendaya private. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Plus, uh, we've got a new revelation about Facebook's algorithm and how it massively favors right-wing pages on trans issues. We're going to be telling you more about that in 15 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. In a post on Twitter, Sherry Garcia, a mom, shared a letter she recently received from her son, Crow. The photo shows a letter created mostly from cutout letters from a magazine and read this. Congrats, you are now the proud owner of your very own son. Please use he, him pronouns for me now. Thank you, Crow. To which she responded and wins. Crow. Crow. Uh, That's his name. Oh. Yes, and she gets like the Parent of the Year Award. It's just a great example for other parents who have uh, trans kids or other kids in the community. She said, there's nothing my kids could do to lose my support and unconditional love. And she shared this in the caption on Twitter. My prayer for each of them is that they live life as their authentic selves without compromise. My teen is figuring things out and I support him 100% because God created both of my babies perfectly. Crow, I'm still stuck at that name. It's such an interesting name. I mean... Crow after a bird? So aren't crows omens? I don't I think you could Crows create, are bad could, omens. I think that's what 
the story we've created, but it could be something good. I don't if think you we created that story. I think crows are actually bad omens. Actually, in Sri Lanka, uh, crows are, no, <laughs> producer Vanessa. In Sri Lanka, crows are good luck. There and you I go. only know this because one of my roommates used to be from Sri Lanka. Thank you, producer okay. Vanessa. Okay, moving well, on. That's an early yes queen. So you're saying crows deserve more? Exactly. Okay. We've got to shift, reframe All our right, thinking. Crow. Chris Christie is saying former President Trump can be part of the future of the Republican Party if he stops making baseless claims about the 2020 election being stolen. Oh, he's a joke. Oh, all right. Yep, I didn't see it. I was wondering if we had it. We got a clip. He's my friend. I was Have the you first talked one to him since him. the book came out? Not since the book came out, no. Is he part of the future? He can be if he wants to be, but he's got to talk about the future. If all you want to do is talk about 2020 and not present evidence to back it up, which he hasn't done now for a year, well, then you can't be part of the future. But his ideas, many of his ideas as president were very good. Christie, if you remember, advised the Trump 2020 campaign on debate prep. He's currently promoting his book, Republican Rescue, Saving the Party from Truth Deniers, Conspiracy Theorists and the Dangerous Policies of Joe Biden. He wrote in it that Trump's election night speech where he prematurely declared victory while ballots were still being counted and said he would be going to the Supreme Court to secure himself the election was, quote, one of the most dangerous pieces of political rhetoric I've ever heard in my life and made him physically sick to my stomach. So just interesting that he says this while also, you know, bringing, uh, in, bringing down and trying to take down Biden in the midst of all this. It's like trying to have his cake and eat it, too. Anyway, that book is out right now. That was somewhat trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, I want to talk about one of my new favorite couples, uh, Tom Highland and Zendaya. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Well, I don't know if y'all remember those like super spicy photos that came out of Tom Holland and Zendaya kissing in a car last summer. Well, we finally know how they felt about that moment. It is time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So... Basically, you know, those pictures served as the dating confirmation that fans have kind of been waiting for. But the actors had a very different reaction when the paparazzi shots were published. Holland said this in his new GQ spread, an interview that he just uh, released. Um, Basically, he said, one of the downsides of our fame is that privacy isn't really in our control anymore. And a moment that you think is between two people that love each other very much is now a moment that is shared with the entire world. He said, I've always been really adamant to keep my private life private because I share so much of my life with the world. Anyway, we sort of felt robbed of our privacy. Mm. He said it wasn't that they weren't ready to talk about their relationship. It's just that they didn't want to. Which, honestly, I get. That makes sense. I totally get that. Yeah. Because publicly, I don't want to talk about anything that I've got going on. Like, I'm not like you where I'm bringing up my partner's name every five seconds. Nope. And that was no shade. I'm just saying I'm not like that. I just don't yeah. want... I'm not even going to put them on my social. I mean, there's definitely definitely something to be said about that. I feel like I... I it's a lot to... It almost feels like I, I start overthinking it. Mm. And then I kind of just like... I don't feel like living my life like that anymore. Overthinking like, what? Just... It's like when you ha- add that layer, you definitely need to be more conscious about it. And I feel like that's just another thing in life to have consciousness around. And there's enough in my life that I have that yeah. around. It's just not, it becomes more work than to just 
be what I'm, who I am and what I'm going to share. I wonder if that would change if we were on, like, you know, if, if, if everyone had the same level of fame as, like, Tom Highland or Zendaya. Yeah, I think it's I different like at their different. level. Yeah. I totally think it's different. It's easier for right. us. We're at our level, definitely. Well, Zendaya most all, also talked about to the publication about the photos seen around the world, and she actually called it quite strange and weird and confusing and invasive. Um, so if you want to know what else she had to say, head over to WeirdChannelQ.com. And I got more to report coming up next hour. Okay. Well, next up, a Media Matters looked at Facebook's algorithm and found that it favored right-wing pages on trans issues. We'll tell you more with a senior strategist for Media Matters next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So Facebook has been in the headlines, as we know, a lot for what it may censor or allow to thrive on the platform. It actually led Media Matters to do their own investigation reviewing all trans-related Facebook posts from news and politics pages. And here to share what they discovered is Brennan Sun, who's a senior strategist at Media Matters for America. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us more about why you decided to look into this specifically. Yeah, so at Media Matters, we're constantly um, monitoring social media platforms, in particular Facebook, for disinformation. And um, my team, the LGBTQ team, notices regularly that some of the posts that are really successful on Facebook about trans issues are almost always coming from right-wing sources. So kind of based on our typical monitoring, we decided to take a comprehensive look at a year's worth of data from October 2020 to September 21 um, and look at basically all posts about trans issues during that time. Um, And we found that almost two-thirds of the interactions, which are likes, comments, and shares on on those posts, were coming from right-leaning Facebook pages, and that's about 60 million interactions. Okay, so <laughs> this is one, I feel like a story like this, it's like another day, another Facebook story is how I'm always seeing this. But I do wonder, are we seeing right-wing pages just like post more trans-related content than left-leaning or non-aligned pages? Yeah, so we we compared it to not only non-aligned and left-leaning pages and combined ideologically non-aligned and left-leaning posted a little bit more um, off uh, a little, a few, a bit more posts than right-leaning pages. Um, it was about 53% of the posts, um, but they only got 37% of the interactions. So right-wing pages are consistently getting just way more interactions per post than all other types. And then if we, we broke out kind of the top posts, we looked at all posts that got more than 50,000 interactions and we found that 39 out of the top 40 were from right-wing pages um, and 77 percent of those top posts were from right-wing pages so pretty consistently you know even if they're posting at a similar rate they're getting way more interactions and way more likely um, to be spreading or going viral on facebook yeah and 
why is this information important right now, this knowledge? Is it so that Facebook could know this and make a change? Is it more for all of us to understand how this continues to get this misinformation propagated? Yeah, I mean, there's been, as you mentioned, a deluge of research coming out about Facebook. Um, And because of that research, there are growing efforts by policymakers, by nonprofits like our own, and by the public to hold Facebook accountable for really doing real harm to kids, to democracy, to public health. And these efforts wouldn't exist without the research that's contradicting what Facebook says about its own platform. Um, So we thought it was really important to put that research out there because we have seen so much information about how Facebook knows that Instagram, for instance, is bad for teen girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of the other revelations we've had about, you know, how Facebook, you know, supports anti-democracy efforts in other countries. So I think it's really important that, I, I can't necessarily say that. I think Facebook is going to actually take responsibility for this. And so I think that's why it's worth, you know, trying to put the ball in the court of policymakers or from, you know, advertisers and people who are, you know, giving Facebook money. Uh, I think it's a definitely an uphill battle, but we can't even begin these efforts without having the research to back them up. Yeah, and I appreciate research like this, especially from you all, and then of course, GLAD released its social media safety index earlier this year, and so like, that information really highlights the safe spaces for LGBTQ plus folks, right? And and I think that's so necessary for where we decide to, you know, go and, and spend our time online. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, also important, like, the, the right is spending time on Facebook, and Facebook has kind of created yeah. an, a platform that has really taken advantage of that. It's putting, you know, the kind of the catch this catchphrase that's been going around is that Facebook puts profits over people, and we're seeing that. They're capitalizing on bigotry, they're capitalizing on fear, they're stoking hatred and anger, even, you know, at trans kids who are, you know, young kids who, you know, are already marginalized. And Facebook is using that and, you know, stoking hatred on a variety of issues, whether it's immigration or critical race theory or trans issues, it's stoking hatred so that people will stay on the platform and will, you know, give, get, help it get money from advertisers. Yeah, if if they're going to base it on interactions where it goes on the algorithm, it will end up favoring more personality-driven uh, brands, and that's the reality, versus news brands that are actually like reporting on real information. So, yeah, thank you so much for this and for breaking it all down. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. That was Brendan Sun, a senior strategist at Media Matters for America. You can check out uh, their research on this at mediamatters.org. Next up... How to deal with a drama queen or king person in your life. They might actually have a certain personality disorder. More on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Have you been this person or do you have this person in your life? The drama king or queen or, you know, gender neutral person. That drama person in your life that just like, no matter what, they always bring drama with them. Mm. And I'll tell you in a moment what what could cause this. It actually might be a personality disorder. This actually has come up for me with someone. I, even yesterday, I was on the uh, call with this person. Oh, yeah. So it, say their name. <laughs> say their oh, name. This. Um, and this is someone that like I, I've had a history with, and she's been through a lot. 
All right, we're context clues. <laughs> it's a girl. But, you know, her her whole life involves drama. And, like, it, it's almost like she doesn't see it. Mm-hmm, that everything mm-hmm. in her life she's constantly complaining about and it's always like horrible or like it's next level right yeah. and i want to be like okay at a certain point like do you notice how every time you have something to share about what's going on it's like always bad or always just like negative or it's yes. like next level because like, that's real at a certain and it is real but at a certain point like the common denominator is, is you, you. And, like, you could blame everyone else for as long as you want. That is not going to solve your problems. You solve your problems when you take accountability and responsibility for your life and you start shifting for yourself. Yeah. That's the thing. And so it's just, like, I feel bad because she's been there for me through hard times in my life. But every time I get on a call with her, I feel anxiety creeping up. Well, that's so interesting because I um, I feel like I am a big personality in general, right? Mm. Um, but I'm someone, because I grew up an only child, I'm someone who loves to be alone. I'm someone who does not need to be in the center of attention, like, at all. Like, if there's someone that is a bigger personality in the room, you can see me literally kind of fade to the background. That's something that I've always been. I don't like it even... Yeah, there's just a lot of things that I just don't like about being in the center of attention because it does bring unnecessary drama. It can bring jealousy. It can bring all of these layers of negativity to your atmosphere when you don't need it. And I was, you know, I'm dating someone and I felt like... A part of uh, some of the things that we were going through in the beginning was I felt like it was a lot of kind of like, not emotional dumping, but an emotional way of like them kind of really putting on a lot very quickly. You know, when you're dating someone, like you don't a want... a bit of a show? They were yeah, putting on a show? It was a show, but it was it was also like, it, it they, felt, were... they had like a lot going on in their lives. Mm, yeah. And it kind of was just like... It seems, it feels like it's a lot. It feels like it's a lot of drama coming into this. Yeah. And that made me want to step completely back. That made me not, one, it made me feel like I was some sort of therapist to them, and that's not sexy. That's not attractive. Yeah. Um, And so for me, like, I've, I, it's so interesting. I've noticed that I just don't have any time for any of the BS anymore. And I don't know if that just comes with age, but it's just one of those things where, like, if you are a drama person or someone that, you know, you just really, just feels like it's, you see them and they always get into something or they're always like not even really kind of taking responsibility for their part in something. It, it's a turnoff. It is. It is a turnoff. And and I even feel like I've looked at myself in the past and looking at times I've called people and caught up with people and people would tell me like, oh, you always have something crazy and interesting happening, right? Well, you do. You and are I that do. person. But I don't feel like I... I I do attract some wild stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm I'm definitely I feel like it's lessened recently. And that's a conscientious effort. Well, yeah, because I think you're in more of a relationship. Well, that's you're kind of slowing down. I'm slowing down. Yeah. You, I'm I'm you what's were it called? Into your adulthood. Yeah, what's it called when you uh, end up at home and you start uh hi- not hibernating. Um There's Home-body. a word for that. No. Anyway, I'm forgetting it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starting, yeah, to do a bit of that. So you start having less people in your circle. I mean, there's so much going on in in the world right now and so many social things to go to, including with COVID opening up. Yeah. But it's like the more you're out and about like that, the more people and energies you attract and sometimes those energies you don't want. Well, we've got a doctor in the house joining us right after this. Relationship expert, host of the podcast, Meeting Matters. Dr. Wendy Walsh joins us to give us some advice after this. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about what to do if you're someone who just brings drama everywhere that they go and that person is in your life. What do you do? Well, Dr. Wendy Walsh joins us right now, relationship expert, host of the podcast, Mating Matters. Thanks for being here with us again. I'm always happy to be with you. How yes. you doing? You know, great. You know, we love talking about relationships, uh, but this is something real. And it's not just in intimate relationships. It could be friendships at work, etc. I guess, like, how do you know uh, if the drama is kind of not good? Yeah, not good. Yeah, is it narcissistic? <laughs> yeah. Is it narcissism? You talk about this personality d- disorder. Is it depression? Like, how are you supposed to rate the drama and when should something be done? Okay, so let me explain. Um, Histrionic personality disorder is what we're talking about right now. And it's a diagnosable personality disorder, not unlike a narcissistic personality disorder, but different in many ways. And you should know that all personality disorders are partly genetic and partly what happens in our early childhood. But the drama queen, as we like to call them, the queen or the king, uh, often has a preoccupation with their physical appearance Um, They get really uncomfortable if they're not the center of attention. They act often really flirtatious and sexually suggestive. um, And their emotions are wild and they have wild mood swings that can go back and forth. Um, They really want to get attention all the time. Now, the difference between them and a narcissist, for instance, is a narcissist may like to be the center of attention, but they have very little empathy. Uh, The histrionic person actually has so much empathy. They're reading people all the time and giving them what they think they want, some kind of show. And so the underbelly of um, histrionic personality disorder is actually deep depression, Mm. right? They're trying to not feel depressed, but boy, can they cause havoc in their personal relationships. So I I think for me, what's coming up is like, what if the person that is this quote unquote drama queen or person um, what if they don't even realize that that's what they're bringing to the table and they just feel like yeah. they're just sharing their experiences that they could be, you know, going through? Yeah, so this is the thing. Most people with any of the range of personality disorders don't realize they have them. And they often don't seek therapy because they think everybody else is wrong and their world is correct, right? So that is the biggest problem is getting them into therapy. But the therapy usually involves allowing, teaching them really to become aware of their feelings and learning healthier ways to manage them. And sometimes putting them on medication if there's a big underbelly of depression. You know, one of the other things that histrionic personalities do is when they're not getting enough attention, the way they get the attention is to become the victim. Mm -hmm. So they are really great at playing the victim if they're not playing the party girl or party boy. They, you know, get physically sick, they get deeply depressed, and they really try to elicit the care of others. What if someone listening to this is saying, okay, I'm not like histrionic personality disorder, but I definitely, I'm that person that I always have drama, or if someone else has like, just, I feel like I attract drama in my life or know someone that does, like, what are they supposed to do about that? Well, you know, we only consider something to be dysfunctional. If it's dysfunctional, right, meaning that they have trouble uh, maintaining employment because Mm -hmm. maybe there's a bunch of sexual harassment lawsuits because they're being too provocative at work, or they have trouble maintaining close, intimate relationships because it always blows up in some kind of drama. Well, then we say, 
you know, you've got to reach out to somebody for help. Um, a little fun fact, it's been speculated by lots of psychologists that uh, people who love to practice drag often have features of a histrionic personality disorder. Now, remember, everything is a scale. It's not like you're that or you're not, right? Yeah. We can talk about having traits and features um, of that kind of personality. So interesting. Well, thank you so much again for joining us for this. We really appreciate it because hopefully it helped someone out there. Yeah, and you should know that if you're in a relationship with somebody like this, um, you might have obsessive compulsive disorder because there's research to show Mm -hmm. that people who are perfectionists and very strict and narrow and organized, they love the big drama queens because it connects them with people who are way more fun than they are. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, kind of oil and water. That, it's that is oil and water. <laughs> it's almost like also this idea of like kind of just knowing you're okay. Like you don't need the, the yin and yang to know you're okay, right? Exactly. And you know, it's kind of interesting that no matter what our attachment style or personality style, when we seek out romantic partners, so often we're looking to uh, recreate uh-huh. that familiar feeling of love from our childhood. And sometimes that familiar feeling of love from our childhood was filled with a lot of pain. But we'll go out and, and recreate that if we yep. need to. All right. That was Dr. Wendy Walsh, relationship expert. Check out her podcast, Mating Matters. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. Well, next up, Disney's TikTok voiceover feature has censored word, words like gay and lesbian. We're going to tell you more details next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we're back. And stick around for more music right here on Channel Q. Of course, we've got you 24-7. But right now, you're listening to Let's Go There. So we've got some more show for you. Uh, What Paul Rudd thinks of him being sexiest man alive, his reaction in the tear report in a moment. Uh, Plus, a second person has been cured of HIV without treatment. So what does that mean? How did it happen? That's in 15 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. As part of the recent Disney Plus Day, the media company teamed up with TikTok to release a series of text-to-speech voices featuring Disney characters we all love. However, one user reported there was an issue. And a lot of fans took notice as well. These characters weren't allowed to say words like queer, gay, or lesbian. (laughs) And it was really unfortunate because Disney has made some strides recently with queer content. The Owl House is the first Disney Channel cartoon featuring a bisexual protagonist. Disney Plus's High School Musical, the musical, the series not only features a gay couple, but also a gay showrunner. And the latest Marvel Studios movie, The Eternals, had a gay superhero with a husband and son. So obviously something fell through the cracks here. But that was bad. Yeah, it is bad. I know they've been having some issues, too, like with um, especially not just this, but I know there was some stuff going around where some of the voices that were like it was someone was talking about like it was like a trans voice someone was trying to put on there and it was like super offensive. Like, imagine weird. It was offensive. So I don't know. Things are happening on TikTok that they need to get together, especially Disney. Disney already kind of leads a problematic space when it comes to queer folks. Yeah, and no comment from them or TikTok on this. Of course not. Now, the two men found guilty of assassinating civil rights activist Malcolm X in 1965 are expected to be exonerated on Thursday. And this comes from their lawyers and the Manhattan District Attorney. The decision to throw out convictions of the two men comes after a 22-month investigation into allegations that prosecutors, the FBI, and the New York Police Department all withheld key evidence in the case that would have acquitted the men. How sad is that? 
Um, and one of them has already passed because, you know, they're like in their 80s right now. So it's just really unfortunate that they spent their life in prison for this uh, when it seems like they were innocent. And finally, a lawsuit seeking more than $750 million was filed Tuesday on behalf of at least 125 World victims, including 21-year-old Axel Acosta, who was killed at the show. The crowd surge at rapper Travis Scott's Houston Festival left 10 people dead and many more injured. Dozens of lawsuits against Scott and Live Nation Entertainment have since been filed. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so it's time for the... Tea report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Did you just snort? I snorted. Why did you just snort? Oh, my God. You're such a loser. All right. Let's talk Paul Rudd. People, uh, People's Magazine's 2021 Sexiest Man Alive, Paul Rudd, dropped by The Late Show with Stephen Colbert on Monday. And, of course, you know, Paul has received the title last week, and the announcement was mostly met with positive responses, you know, from the media and people online. The Guardian ran a headline which read, do you fancy Paul Rudd? You're either a sociopath or a liar if you say no. And of course, Stephen Colbert bought this up and Paul Rudd said, I would like to thank The Guardian, first of all, for hiring my mom, which (laughs) honestly, probably hilarious. But, you know, of course, with the positive comes the negative. The New York Post of of course brought the nasty with their headlines saying this. Sorry, Paul Rudd is many things, but sexiest man alive is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, here's uh, Paul's um, super nice clap back to them. Hey, that might be the first thing I ever read in the New York Post that I agree with. <laughs> you know, that fact checks. That, that is. Fact checks. That is not fake news. I mean, he's so like sweet, and <laughs> honestly. I agree with the sexiest man alive thing. He has he a sexiness fun. to him. He definitely has an appeal. Uh, what do you mean he has an appeal? You you described him like he has an acquired taste. No, he's a, a appealing. Like, I think, though, for Paul some Rudd people. Paul has been hot since Clueless. I always think so, but some people, might, he might not be for them. I mean, well, I'm into that. Taste. I'm into the nerdy, sexy, cute look. Paul Rudd is hot. <laughs> oh, God, he's delicious. Anyway, I love, I just had to do this story because I lust after it. It's like him. I can go on forever. It's him and Seth Rogen who could literally tie me up mm, okay. and do whatever they want. Okay. Well, as, you know, I'm just saying, you know? I would say, yeah, they would be fun. You know, just so. Okay, anyway, um, I got to tell you about this. Uh, and that was your <laughs> I was, I was like, your thirsty break I on was, Let's Go I there. was losing myself, you know? I was losing myself. Anyway, um, Odyssey and Channel Q is bringing you Happy Holiday. Our exclusive holiday music station um, curated with all your favorite LGBTQ plus artists and allies singing the best holiday hits of the season. Artists like Sam Smith, Ariana Grande, Mariah Carey, Madonna, Beyonce, Gaga, and so many more. We've got even um, icons like RuPaul, Sylvester, and the Weather Girls. So all you got to do is just search Happy Holiday on the Odyssey app to listen now. Ooh, love it. All right, well, that's your tea report. Happy holiday. It's already starting. (laughs) Well, uh, after this, there was huge news yesterday that a second person has been cured of HIV without treatment. So we want to know what exactly happened. What does it mean? We have someone joining us for that, a doctor, to break it all down next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Scientists say they've found a woman whose body was able to get rid of HIV on its own. And it's only the second time this has ever been reported. This is huge news. And you might be asking, like, how did this happen? What does this say for others with HIV and the future of HIV? Well, Dr. Bruce D. Walker joins us right now, director of the Reagan Institute of MGH, MIT, and Harvard. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, sure. Glad to be here. Uh, This is historic, obviously. Can you explain how this happened? Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I've been been a physician my my entire career, and uh, I started right at the beginning of the HIV epidemic. And, you know, we thought everybody was going to die of this disease. And um, before antiviral therapy became available, I I saw a patient who was able on his own to control the virus to undetectable level without medication. So we realized that some people are able to do that. Now, just recently in the last year, we've figured out how people can do that, about 1% of people. What we've now found now in these two patients is that in some people, that immune response is so good that they actually clear infectious virus from their bodies and to the to the best of our ability to actually measure that. So in the same way that Timothy Brown was considered uh, cured, you have to consider these people also cured by the same criteria. Okay, so how is this, I guess, if I'm putting cure in quotes, different from kind of like taking medicine and reaching a level of undetectable yeah. status? Well, that's a, that, that's a really good question. When you take when somebody takes medication and gets to an undetectable level, they still have virus in their in their cells actually hiding out in their DNA. If you stop the drugs, the virus comes roaring back. Mm-hmm. Um, what's different here is that not only is there no detectable virus in their bloodstream, there's no infectious virus locked in their in their genetic material. So it's really quite a, it was really. <laughs> You know, quite a surprise to us that 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 they were actually able to do this. But it it the, to me, the fact that two people have been able to do this just tells me that we've got to be able to reproduce this in other people, and we have a very clear hypothesis as to how to do that. And that's what we're working on now. Our goal is to cure HIV infection, not just in these rare individuals that do it on their own, but to train the immune systems of people who are chronically infected on antiretroviral therapy and ideally cure the infection in them using their own immune systems, but, but tweaking their immune systems, training them in a way that they can do what these, what these two patients appear to have done. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing and remarkable. I mean, in many ways, that would be more of a holistic approach to this, right? Well, that's the way I feel, is that, you know, the immune system is really remarkable. I mean, it, it, we have cancerous cells that develop um, every day, and our immune system clears those well, as long as it's healthy. Um, we have viruses that we're infected with, like the virus that causes mono, and we keep that virus in check with, a, with an effective immune response. And what was remarkable to me 25 years ago when I met the first patient who was doing that to HIV on his own, keeping it in check, I was astounded. In that individual, though, we could still grow virus out of his out of his blood cells. In contrast, in these two individuals, we can't find virus anywhere. 
Yeah, so realistically, what does this mean for the future of HIV treatment? Does this mean that it'll be a, people will be able to get their hands on this and, and be cured? Like, what well, does that look like? What's that timeline I mean, look like? You know, I think we have to be careful and say that yeah. this is a hypothesis. And I think it's a very credible hypothesis. It's supported by these people that we call elite controllers who do this without fully eliminating the virus. So people can control HIV with their immune systems. What's more remarkable is that, at least in two individuals, we know that they can actually clear infectious virus. What it means for people on ART right now is that we don't yet have an answer, but we're we're actually doing the same kinds of studies in people that have been on long-term uh, antiretroviral therapy, and we're finding something quite remarkable, which is that in some of those individuals, by this same very sophisticated, very laborious assay or measurement that we do, that some people on very long-term uh, HIV treatment uh, have been able to apparently clear infectious virus, so we can't find it anymore. And what our plan is is to um, is to document that as well as we can in in um, a number of volunteers, and then and then stop therapy and see if we're actually correct. So this is really going to be a partnership between the you know between research and people affected by HIV, and that's really how we've dealt with this from the very beginning. It's been a partnership, and so we're we're hopeful that we'll find individuals that will work with us to see if we can if we can actually um, demonstrate that they've um, that they've cured themselves I, I think we will find some individuals that have done yeah. that and I think we'll be able to tweak the immune system in others um, at least that's the hypothesis to I mean, get it, them to do it it does sound like hope at the end of the tunnel so I think that's what people really want to hear and cling on to so I think that's this is good news just to talk about you know Get more well, and I, I do want to say though that I, you know, I think I, I don't want to be a, a spreader of false hope. Yeah, I think yep. that this is something that is, you know, we can be optimistic about, but we have to be cautiously optimistic. Right. And, it's going to take a while to figure it out. And it also doesn't mean you start your own regimen because you hear this. It's no. like, make sure oh, you're course. safe. Isn't that with anything, though? Like, especially yeah. with science and, and vaccines surprised. and what we've learned. Be surprised. I mean, but we've learned so much with everything, uh, the vaccines when it comes to COVID, and there's been so many relations to how people have compared the two and all these things. So I feel like we've learned a lot um, about how we should look at vaccinations and, and the news and the education around it. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Glad to. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was Dr. Bruce D. Walker, director of the Reagan Institute of MGH, MIT, and Harvard. Well, next up, uh, there's an article that caught our attention. It's involves 24 unwritten rules that deserve to be real laws. We're going to get into what those are next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We were inspired by The Real, who was inspired by an article about this subject, about these unwritten rules, you know, in life that you always say to yourself, this should just be a real rule, right? And let's talk about what they are for each of us, because some things like, and producer Vanessa, I'm going to give you credit for mentioning this, because I do think this should be, it's kind of like uh, being a good person, right? Like, uh, letting go of your seat if an old person or a pregnant person is 
on the bus or subway or need somewhere to sit, right? Like that's an unspoken or an unwritten rule. Well, I don't take buses, thankfully. <laughs> well, if you're in a room, in a conference room, and there's one seat left. Well, I'm sorry. I'm taking that seat. <laughs> I mean, not if it's a pregnant person, but like... An old person who can't walk? Well, if they can't walk, there's going to be a seat designated for them. You never know. There's handicapped areas in like most places. But like, I'm sorry. Nobody tells you to be out. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) No, I would give up my seat. That's like, just like Southern, you know. Yeah, no, that's just like Southern kind of like, you have... You have to have some sort of respect for your elders. I yeah, and that's I agree. for me. You know, I would. Do you, I would move. Do you have any of your own? Yes, I have several. Okay, here I thought about this, <laughs> and I have several things. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. So my first one. This is a this is a pretty good one. Don't talk to me if you see me out with AirPods in, especially if you're like working out or walking my dog. I don't want you to come up to me. So many people, because I have a cute dog, and and maybe this is just pretty privilege on Coco's part, but like. Everyone thinks that they should just come up with her, come up to her and talk to her. And I'm just like, one, she was just about to use the bathroom and now she's distracted because a human. And my thing is, get my permission first before you bring your dog or like just standing there. Like there's so many awkward moments as pet owners mm-hmm. that we need to talk about. We need to come to the red table to talk about this as pet owners. Well, Guess what? That happens to me. I'll be walking around with my AirPods in and annoying, mostly dudes, will be like, hey, can I ask you something? And I'm like, I'm sometimes I'll even be talking on the phone. Oh, like, oh, so you're saying you're getting hit on. Is this, was this your opportunity to talk about your pretty privilege? No, I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, me and Coco both have pretty privilege. <laughs> but that happens. And I'm like, I'll be literally in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. What's and one someone, mine is, uh, I do get annoyed. We've talked about this. Like, if you RSVP for something and it is a big deal, like... As what for something? If you RSVP, like, RSVP, if I'm having a dinner okay. or an event where, you know, it's not just like, oh, a huge event where a lot of people are, but I've gone out of my way to invite you. Mm. Maybe we've, uh, we have a plate for you. We've counted you in into, like, the budget. And then, unless you tell me, like, if you don't, just don't show up. Yeah, that's or, a good one. That is just rude. My next one? Okay. Don't fart when you know someone's behind you. That's rude. What if you, know, you need like, to look let around. it go? No, 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 no. I always, what I do, I always look around, look behind me to make sure oh. that no one's there. But you don't because think... someone's going to walk through that. Oh, what about the people in front of you? Like me. That doesn't matter <laughs> yes, because you're does. not going to smell it. It flows everywhere. Me. No, it doesn't. If you're outside, oh it's going God. to affect the people directly behind you. I mean, if you're outside, you're outside. There's a lot of things happening. But okay, anyway, that's a very interesting one. Well, I have, I have, I have more. There's so uh, many things that came d- up to me. Okay, give me another one. Uh, don't, uh, no, don't say the c. Like, I don't like when you say the c word or like. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, is this the white woman thing that I was ta- <laughs> that you were talking about? So I was saying like it should be illegal to name call name calling people. Like, call people really bad words. Who are you three? <laughs> I don't, don't call me a bad name. 
Oh my well, god! That's what leads to like all the bad stuff in the world, like homophobia, transphobia, oh racism. God. Like that should all be illegal. If you have a swastika somewhere, it should be illegal. If you have <laughs> yes. like any sort of my, no, but it's not illegal. I mean, I don't think if it you should... own racist propaganda, that should be illegal. But then that's like falls into like free the freedom. It's but like it's freedom weird. of speech yes, it's, shouldn't it's be an excuse for hate and violence. I know, but anyway, we don't live in a so utopia. Anyway, I have one so more. Let's, do, let's go to funny stuff. I have one what? more. Oh, okay. I, well, I have several more. Well, no, we, we had the next story is really good though. But oh, anyway, we, we can push it back. It doesn't okay. matter. We got a whole show. All right, so we have more things that Ryan's annoyed about. Okay, well then I'll just keep reading. <laughs> no, well we don't know which one's for you, but I'll, I'll let you guess out of these. Um, this one is: if there is food individually wrapped at your job for everyone, don't open it and take a corner piece and leave the rest there. I wonder who that is. I'm not gonna take a whole thing and then waste it. But that's you cut gross. it off. That is so no, gross. It's a nice cut off piece. It's not like I cut in the middle Other of the whole thing. Other people are probably wanting to eat that, and then no one wants to you share germs. You do it germs in a clean way. In a COVID era. Okay, oh, my God. other one is, if I'm at the gym and there are seven other treadmills open, don't pick the one next to me. Hate that. Well, you should get your own gym then. No, don't don't come right next to me when there's seven other ones. That's also for urinals. Are like bathroom, like you know. I would say for restaurants. Don't pee for me, or put near me, the restaurant thing. If a server brings you to a table right next to the table when the whole restaurant is open, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Also, just to wrap this up, don't ask if someone is pregnant if you know if you don't know for sure. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> That is a big one. All right. Let us know what you think at LGT Show if anything came up for you. Uh, Next up, how long the perfect hug should last according to science. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. How long is the perfect hug? I know this is something that you wonder every single day. (laughs) Who, me or the listeners? I don't know. I was looking at you. Oh, you were? Um, I don't. I'm, mm, I'm a hugger, but like. Yeah, I'm a hugger. I would consider myself a hugger. I feel like I... When's the last time you gave me a hug? Didn't I just give you a hug like, a, like this past weekend? When I when we were at Palm Springs? Two weekends ago. Oh, we did hug at Palm Springs. Yeah. Two weekends ago. Yeah, that ain't yeah. good enough? You want a hug I want right more. Now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to HR in a minute because this is teetering into different territory. <laughs> well, psychologists at the Goldsmiths University of London, they've revealed the key aspects of the ideal hug. Including the best time length and the style of a squeeze. Okay, well, before you reveal it, how long do you think a hug should actually be? Um, the uh, the amount of time it takes to have one deep breath together. Ew. What? No, but there depends on what type of hug. I there's swear like Shira a difference is a between psychopath. no. There's a difference between like a work hug where you like when you're seeing someone you haven't seen, you're like, hey, pat on the back, and then. Someone that's outside of work, I think that you're friends with, connected with, you feel like you have a connection. I'm not saying like someone you're going to date, but I think when you like really sincerely say, see someone or someone's done something really nice to you and you want to give them a hug, yeah. like really holding it and just like taking one breath or like taking a long enough one where you could look into each other's eyes and be like, thanks. That was Shut great. up. <laughs> I, my thing is I just had the most uncomfortable like, um, I just had the most uncomfortable hug recently where like... I hugged someone and I was trying to let go, but they <laughs> hugged me tighter. Oh yeah, that's that's a that, bit strange. Get away from me. There is a line. Like there's definitely that line where I'll do my deep breath because I am I'm someone who goes really quickly, right? And sometimes I'll be in a situation and while you think maybe I I take a, lo- a long hug and it's awkward, what you think is awkward, I actually am sometimes the more quick one. And I'll be like kind of done. I'll take like I'll be like. 
okay, this is really nice. Okay, I'm, d- you know, I want to leave the hug. And th- that person is staying longer. Yeah, here's the thing. I think hugs are cool. Um, I, but in a post-COVID world or even we're still in COVID season, Hugs just feel, remember we had the conversation, do we think hugs are going to be officially over because of COVID? I still sometimes kind of believe that because even even though that we gotten, we're getting vaccinated, I feel like people are still too nervous to like get up in there. You know, <laughs> I think it depends I don't even on want what, you to really get is. up in there. Like, I think it depends on who it is. Like, for instance, this could be helpful for you, you know, any sort of future relationship, because. I didn't even notice how short my hugs were until my partner actually said that, you know, he mentioned this before this article. Y'all are both weird, though. Like, y'all are both two different humans. Well, he said it's like, he felt like six seconds because then you sync up like your heart sync. Who is counting their hugs? Like people that is with so OCD strange to control. Me. Like, that is give, I, that if someone that you know is counting their hugs, you should not be hugging them. I just I just don't think you should be hugging them. Well, so yeah, according to this research, it's between five and ten seconds. It delivers oh, a more positive a impact time. compared to shorter ones. They also learned that arm positioning, whether crisscrossed or around the waist or over the shoulder, did not matter. Oh, actually, that's really interesting. Okay, wait a second. Around the waist feels intimate. We, yeah, that is more... Crisscross. Yeah. I feel what like it needs criss-cross? to be over the shoulders. Crisscross is like your... By their neck? I think you crisscross, yeah, over their They're, like their back across. We're doing jazzercise. I know we're doing weird stuff in the studio. Here in the studio. I feel like the one that's more that's for anyone, if it's for your parents, just friend, like a colleague, one. it's kind of like just across the, the shirt, back. like the back, the back. Yeah, that's like the easy, not lower back, upper the back, mid back. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes there's the ones including if you have a chest, bigger chest, um, that yeah, you do a bit more to the side or distant, like. It's, what do you mean? Like, if you have big boobs or something? Yeah, because uh, people can feel them against them. Are you talking about straight against men? Against you. Yeah, or whoever is interested in that. Oh. Can fe- yeah, and I've been told. I, like, I guess I knew this, but then recently I was told by the person I'm with, which I'm, I'm fine I mean, with but feeling it. a part of your chest, so of course you can feel your I know, breasts. but then, like, the more aware I am of it, that, like... It becomes like, yeah, Why would someone make you aware thing? of that? Without, like, you should be able to give a hug without it being hypersexualized. I know. Whoever brought that up is uh, weird. Well, uh, this is really <laughs> interesting. I, you know, I just think you should ask permission before you hug someone. Well, that too. Yes. It's you all know. about consent. I actually do that now. Like, I will, if, including if it's a new person or someone I haven't seen, I'll be I would like, say I'm a hugger. Hey, or I even say, hey, can we can we hug? Or like, thank you. Like, if someone did something really nice and I really want to like express my gratitude, and I see them, I'm like, oh, do you mind if we hug? Or are you into that? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it can get awkward, but either way, like I said, I think the most thing that you should take away from this, if if someone is counting their hugs. Are the, the the seconds of hugs that they're hugging? I, I think at a certain point it could be instinctive. So hopefully, if you are if you're wanting to do this and count, I hope you get to the place where you could kind of take the counting out, so you don't need to be in your head while you hug someone. Five to ten seconds is a really long time to hug someone. It's honestly as Two much as a deep max. breath. I think there's more. Maybe we're elevating the hug game. Sex. We're elevating the hug game. You talking about breathing and stuff? Stop it. Yes. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. 
Yes, Queen. This one goes to someone who's been on the show. We love her. Mary Lambert has gotten engaged. I know. We love her partner, too, because um, we, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like every time Mary comes on, we always have just really beautiful, um, intellectual, yes. vulnerable conversations. And the last time we had her on, her partner came on afterwards, like, to like chat with us, we never did the like an interview or anything, but it was just like us just talking over Zoom and just getting to know each other. Yep. And they were in the middle of the woods, being and they also were very lesbiany. Uh, we're on Jeopardy. Their partner, their partner was on. Jeopardy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, we love Mary Lambert. Actually, how they got engaged was her partner proposed to her on stage in front of a lot of people after she performed. So how beautiful is that? We want to give a big congrats to the both of them. Yeah, I've already put in my request to be the flower girl. Okay. Okay, look at you getting ahead of it. Yeah, of course. And of course, if you don't know Mary Lambert, she's an incredible singer. Same love back in 2012. That uh, really was her rise to fame with Macklemore. But she's got so much great music out there. So check her out. Mary Lambert everywhere. She keeps you up. Exactly. That's our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. That also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live right here on Channel Q. On tomorrow's show... Uh, We're going to be talking about this new study about trans youth and how they face unique difficulties while dating, uh, plus how to reverse pandemic brain aging. And this isn't for people who've gotten COVID. This is just in general for experiencing the pandemic. That's on tomorrow's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. And now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about body positivity with kids. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.